You know what, guys? You, you guys don't see what happens in the background, and all I'm seeing is bullshit at the moment. So, honestly, this is going to be the last 5 p.m. edit thing. I'm binning them all after this episode. Happy April Fools! And it was probably kind of shocked to break the noise. Well, the Fifth M Podcast Network. I am Charlie Taylor, and this is what's good. Happy April first, Happy New Month, one and all. Hope you're all doing well. And yeah, I'm 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 fine. Obviously, I mean to be honest, in this particular moment, right, I'm feeling a bit lethargic because you know when you have like food, and it just sends you into like a real lethargic state. Like you just feel like you need to take a nap. Not like you've ate too much food or anything like that. Um, but just when you have like one thing, I don't even want to say what I ate, but <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I don't want to say it, but yeah, I, I had something to eat yesterday and I was like, and you know, I like it, right? But then I had it and then I started feeling just weird. You know what I mean? I just started feeling weird. Like, I feel like I have a headache, but not really a headache. Like it doesn't, like I can sh- it doesn't really, I don't know, it don't, it don't feel like a headache, but it feels like it's just saying there. You know what I mean? Um, and I just felt like I need to take a nap all of a sudden. You know what I mean? So, uh, so weird. It's it's one of them weird things that ha- that's happening right now. But you know what? We're good. It's all good in the hood. All five VPN that shows are doing well. Just to say, <laughs> uh, we're gonna have five soon. We're gonna go from three originals to five in quick time, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, take we have four already, but uh, you know that five VPN radio ain't happening quite yet. It's there, and you guys can go follow it. Um, in anticipation of what we're gonna do, but we have some stuff in the, going on in the background. Gonna get some, uh, gonna get some people to, uh, you know, f- uh, do some shows, pitch some, so- pitch, pitch some shows for me. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, it's just it's gonna be me and a few others, and we're just gonna be uh, giving you some radio type vibes. But we'll, that's gonna be later down in the later in the year. And we also got uh, Black Women Watch dropping soon. Don't know if you guys have seen that trailer, but it's on my pinned tweet uh, on on the on the five uh, on the fifth element tour. So go peep that if you want just a little taste of what's gonna what's, what what I go on. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for that. I'm gonna be EP in that. And uh, yeah, so shout out to Tish on that front. Anyway, uh, yeah, man, it's all good. It's all, it's all good. Honestly, I'm I'm calm apart from the headache. That's not a headache, but um, honestly, guys, I am tired of one thing. And that's the government, but we'll get to that, we'll get to that. But as before we begin, we have the email to the IG, Discord link, all that, all that, all that will be in the full show notes, as well as the articles I am going to read for this episode. And with that said, let the beat drop, and let's get into the show. where the Suez Canal was blocked for six days and uh, apparently uh, it held up 400 million pound, uh, dollars worth of goods every single hour <laughs> so yeah uh, shout out to the ever given uh, on that front uh, the memes were great guys ha- uh, big up on the meme front that was just 
great. Absolutely amazing. Top-notch memory. Uh, a Bristol protest gets violent as uh, police assault protesters and journalists. Uh, British summertime is here. Look, it's been 20 degrees. It's been uh, 15 degrees plus in the past three days here, and I am gassed about that. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's short-lived. It's short-lived. Uh, the next week's going to be like back to back to 12, 11, and raining and stuff. Uh, so you know. It's it's been a, it's been a nice three days, and maybe that's why I feel so lethargic because the heat has just been you know I've been out in the I've been out in the weather for the past few days, you know what I mean walking dog for a, you know just a little bit longer than usual, you know getting getting the rays just be chilling, uh, but maybe that's why maybe it's, maybe I've just got a heat headache maybe it's that I don't know, <laughs> someone diagnose me please, um, the missing person case of Richard uh, Okorogay I think that's how you say it uh, is still ongoing. I don't know if you guys have peeped that. Um, it's been going around a lot in uh, uh, black British circles. Um, a kid has a sickle cell disease. He's, uh, he's been missing for about, I think, uh, six days now. Um, so, yeah, man, it's a horrible story to think about. Um, but it's still ongoing. He's still missing. Um, apparently didn't have his uh, uh, medication or um, whatever you, you do to treat sickle cell um, with him. So, um, yeah, it's just urgent moments uh, in these few day, uh, in these early days of him miss, of him being missing so we're uh, going to keep note on that one and lastly uh, Myanmar continues to crumble as 2000 people flee to the Thailand border uh, after airstrikes i think uh, the death toll is like 500 now um, i think uh, 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 since the coup, since the military coup so um, yeah man uh, Myanmar's just pff, crumbling uh, just a, another country in that area just uh, you know just crumbling to whatever uh but yeah for this episode we have two music and two life uh let's start with music first and this one's a very positive one actually and um, this one gives a glimpse into uh post-pandemic concerts um it's just given there was a concert that went down in spain um five thousand people in barcelona and uh it was a fascinating site um so this is uh by laura milan uh, lombrana uh, this is via Bloomberg. Uh, go peep this. Um, go go peep this article strictly just for the video, because um, the video itself really gives you a glimpse into uh, what's going on, uh, what it looks like at first, um, and uh, you know just a uh, much more information on the reporting side. But uh, most of the reporting is going to be in uh, word form as I'm going to read. So uh, yeah, this is uh, this is going to be fascinating stuff, and maybe it's what's going to go down, how it's going to go down for the rest of us. Um, you know, once we get into festival season, which is uh, going to be part two uh, of our music segment uh, later on. But we'll get to that when we get to that. But anyway, for this one, let's get reading. Uh, as as the musicians stroke the fir- their first chords on their electric guitars, the singer takes the stage, grabs a microphone and cries. All the weirdos were there at the concert of the great mind reader from Dublin. Uh, at his feet, 5,000 electrified fans sing, jump and dance to the indie pop hit. It may it might be any Saturday night gig in 2019 if it weren't for the masks, the whiff of sanitizer, and the tickets proving a negative COVID-19 test. Quote, don't take off your masks because the success of live music in Europe and the world depends on this concert tonight. Uh, singer Santi Balms says between songs before the music started, giant screens showed videos of doctors encouraging people to follow the rules. The public, the staff of the and the band Love of Lesbian uh, are part of a mass experiment that organisers say is the largest concert without social, dist- social distancing of the coronavirus era. 
The event on Saturday in Barcelona offers a glimpse of what mass gatherings may look like for uh, for a long time after the pandemic subsides. Quote, if we can prove that you can gather 5,000 people using rapid tests, then we're opening the door to uh, to doing many more things, unquote, says Gemma Recoda. Uh, things for Recoda. Um, one of the organisers and the director of the Canet Rock Festival. I'm assuming it's Canet. Uh, quote, it's a key step, not just for live music, but for everything else, from conferences to sports events, unquote. And yeah, I do urge you guys to just at least see the tweet on a Bloomberg Quick Take, because it's just fascinating just to see all them, just 5,000 people in masks. Um, it's a, a, a bit of a crazy look, to be honest, um, especially in these times. Anyway, continuing on. Uh, to get in, you couldn't just turn up at the St. Jordi Stadium uh, for a few minutes before the start and get the ticket at the door. <laughs> I, I, I find it weird when people do that. Like they don't have tickets, but they just hope. I, I what hope people were selling. I don't know. It's a bit weird. Um, just to trek all the way over there, just to hope to get a ticket. Not my, not my vibe. Anyway, uh, people testing negative got a code to gain entrance into the building, uh, while those who tested positive were offered a refund. Okay, I wanted to stop there because that was like the first thing I was thinking of. I was like. So if you get a positive test, like was that it? You just you just leave, like go home empty-handed and go isolate for 14 days and sob. Uh, but you do get a refund, so I guess that's something. Uh, inside masks were mandatory, and the public was divided in three areas, holding about uh, 1,600 people. The event was put together by the organisers of uh, some of Spain's largest music festivals, including Sonar, Primavera Sound, and Cruella Barcelona Festival. Uh, in partnership with regional health authorities, doctors and epidemiologists at Hospital uh, German uh, Trias y Pujol, 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 <laughs> I suck at Spanish, uh, in the nearby city of uh, Badalona. Uh, it follows a pilot concert in December in Barcelona gathered, uh, f- that gathered 500 people. Preparations for the second phase took months, Recoder said. And the uh, and included following advice on health protocols and renovation and a renovation of the stadium's air ventilation equipment. Quote: The air you're breathing inside now has the same quality as the air outside, uh, said Jordi uh, Heruela, uh, an organizer and director at Cruella Barcelona Festival. Uh, quote again: uh, Doctors might doctors tell us it might be safer uh, to be at the concert than walking in the street because we have a we have created a sanitary bubble in which we know everyone is tested, unquote. Attendance data has been cross-referenced with data from public health authorities, so if someone tests positive during the two weeks after the concert, organisers will know. Statistically, about 10% of the people pre- uh, present uh, could become infected during that time, but if that percentage comes becomes unusually high, then organisers and authorities will get in touch with the concert goers and take measures to contain the spread of the virus. The event hasn't turned a profit, but organisers hope that faster and cheaper rapid uh, rapid uh, tests will make like, mass live music possible in the near future, offering a lifeline to one of the sectors hit worst by lockdowns. Concert halls were the first to close and will likely be among the last to open, Recoder says. Festivals like Sonar, which gathered over 100,000 people in Barcelona in 2019, or Primavera Sound, which drew 63,000 weren't held in 2020 and will still won't be held this year. Quote, the effects of this pandemic on live music has been devastating, Ricardo said. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, that's why we're as nervous as if this was the first concert of our lives. And in a way, it is, unquote. 
So that's the entire article. And yeah, I just find this whole um, experiment fascinating. Like 5,000 people just thinking about that, right? Um, I I do... It does make me wonder... Um, with all the festivals, again, which will be talked about in the second uh, music segment for a specific reason, but um, just, you know, giving you a taster on it. Um, you know, there's a lot of festivals that are coming through here in the UK. I'll, I'll stick to the UK for the moment, just so, I know, uh, just so you know, just to uh, deal with my own per- personal knowledge. Um, you know, all the festivals have, um, you know, been coming through. Um, I am going to one, hopefully. Uh, shout out to Maiden Voyage. Um, in August, um, most of them are in August, there are a few in July, um, and I uh, don't think any of the, there are any of note in June, uh, as far as I know, but, uh, you know, July, August, September, um, and a couple of in October, I've, I think I've seen as well, um, are the, you know, are the other months that festivals themselves are going to happen, um, and I'm, you know, starting to see, I'm starting to get the emails again about, Ah, oh, O2, O2 is a backup, and uh, Snoop Dogg's coming in March 2022. <laughs> I'm just like, great. Um, don't know if uh, I, I want to go because the lineup's sick. But you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of skeptical, like in in a lot of ways. Um, you know, partly just because of how we are as you know the as British society. Uh, we are very untitled, entitled in a lot of ways. Um, just go peep the uh, anti-mask protests a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago in central London. Like, guys, we're getting out in June properly in June, and here you are doing this bullshit again. You know what I mean? It's just the entitlement is so evident, right? In a lot of things we bitch and moan about, right? And it's just guys like have some decorum for yourself like you're embarrassing all of us right um and you know it's, it's the same in a lot of ways but um thinking about uh the festivals in particular um i i am while i am while i want these things to happen right obviously i want these to have things to happen right i can't get past the cynicism and i can't get past the uh, the worry I have for all of this, um, I, I just can't, I just can't help but, uh, you know, try and be, I'm trying to be half, a glass half full here with everything, but, you know, the glass half empty side of me is really creeping up the further we get to, um, everything, you know, um, you know, my family has had the first round of vaccines, I haven't personally yet, and I don't know when I'm gonna get it yet. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm patient. You know, what I mean, I'm, 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 I'm cool with waiting. You know, what I mean, I'm 24. Um, I do have asthma, but um, apparently that's been uh, knocked off. Uh, I think the uh, at-risk list uh, for whatever reason. Um, and you know, I could bitch about that, but um, my asthma isn't really that devastating to me personally. You know, I have a few days of. Uh, tight breath, but you know, so it's nothing I can't. I can do exercise, you know what I mean? I'm not running a marathon, but <laughs> I can do exercise, right? Uh, it's not hindering me, and I've never had an asthma attack, so you know, I'm fine personally, but uh, I feel like for other people that are asthmatic, um, most of the cases are a lot a lot worse, so you know, for that, for that, in that road, 
I get pissed off for a lot of other people. But anyway, that's a bit of a tangent. Um, you know, my family are vaccinated in 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 one way, and uh, waiting for us and uh, waiting for the second shot, and that's all well and good. Um, I and you know there there are conversations about you know uh, vaccine passports and stuff like that. This is these are things I'm highly into as a concept. Um, I would rather just you know go into a certain area, whether it be from either a pub or a football game or a concert or a festival, right? Any of these things, going to watch a film, even maybe. I'm I'm honestly that kind of person. I, I'm not. I don't think there's such thing as being too safe. Um, and trust me, I don't think Britain's ever been too safe. Let's be real. In the past year, uh, of all the bullshit has gone around, the cronyism that has gone around. We talked about that a few months, a couple of months ago, right? Uh, UK has never erred, uh, erred on the side of caution. Let's be real, okay? Um, so I feel like you know, vaccine passports are the way to go, and I think that should be the bare minimum for a lot of these things. If there is that kind of thing, and uh, you know, hopefully I'm vaccinated by then. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think by August I should be. Hopefully, uh, that's kind of the uh, the 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 goal for a lot of um, for for the government especially. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm not vaccinated, um, hopefully I just get that refund, and I'll I won't really have much hard feelings about it. Um, it is what it is. Um, you know, but hopefully I am, and hopefully the 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 uh, what's the word the. Uh, the measures that um, these guys in Spain have done, uh, have put, have the measures they have put in, um, implemented, that's the word I'm looking for, uh, I hope everyone takes note. I really hope everyone takes note. I hope after a few weeks um, we get results from that particular, con- uh, that, from that concert, uh, we see, you know, if there was any, uh, well, how many um, uh, COVID cases there were, due to them people going to the concert and judge accordingly i really hope this is taken very seriously and i hope everybody is watching um in the music world and everywhere else like they were talking about right i hope because because you know they got a few you know big uh festivals of note in spain to collaborate on all of this because it all matters it matters to all of them it doesn't matter it's not, it's not like it doesn't this doesn't just matter for, you know, festivals. This doesn't matter for concerts. This also matters for a lot of other things. Sporting events, right? And uh, many other things. Um, I think the ventilation thing is a good shout. I think that's a very smart thing to do. I never even thought about that. But yeah, that's a, that's a real smart thing to do. Um, but yeah, as a final thought, I just feel um, this is should be bigged up more. Um, I, I, I want to see the results of this um, and I will see how uh, the powers that be in uh, Spanish live music uh, in the Spanish live music world uh, react and uh, what they what measures they take and what they suggest uh, the measure the measures that should be taken uh, for the future of not just festivals in Spain but festivals in UK festivals in Europe, festivals in America and everywhere else. Um, well, apart from like New Zealand that, you know, and Taiwan that have actually, you know, got the fucking job done. But I'm I'm not here to I'm not here to be something. I'm not here to be something. <laughs>
So hop on to our life, uh, one of two life segments, and this is by the Byline Times by Sam Bright, um, and this is just um, this is in some ways funny, but in some ways what the fuck. Um, if you guys didn't see on Twitter, if you if you don't purvey in Twitter circles or just in social media circles, I'm sure plenty of others uh, found found this as well. Um, there was a screenshot. Um, that of a uh, of uh, card spending uh, from the Home Office, and uh, a lot of the numbers were so let's say astronomical, right? That's a good word for it. Let's just say they were astronomical, and I'm I'm going to read all the numbers um, in this in this because it's in this article as well. So I'm going to read them out, right? I I I I'm I'm severely worried about uh, for one thing why these are why these numbers are the way they are um but also just um i just have more questions about how i honestly just find it very fascinating how some of these uh numbers got to the uh, got to the number they they they, they got to um so let's not let's not dilly dally i'm sure you guys have seen numbers but um you know let's just have some fun with it uh, this one uh, for for a bit anyway <laughs> So this is called Home Office Fails to Explain Strange Expenses. Uh, Let's just jump right in. The Home Office has failed to explain a number of strange expenses filed by the department in 2020. In mid-February this year, migrant rights campaigner Mary Atkinson posted a thread on Twitter revealing some head-scratching entries into the Home Office expensive logs. uh, Expenses logs. Uh, Quote, basically, I'm baffled, Atkinson said. Uh, after posting the thread, I'm guessing someone, more than one person, has been accidentally using their work credit card for uh, personal spending. I think a question from the Home Office on whether they repaid the money uh, would be reasonable, added Gemma Abbott, legal director of the Good Law Project. Byline Times has since reviewed the logs and found some of the claims uh, similarly perplexing. So, here's the list, here's, here's the dates, the prices, and what they were spent on, okay? 23rd of December, £669 for Rachel's Kitchen Limited. This is the firm that owns Rachel's Cupcakes brand. September, £5,415.90 at Primark. I'm going to stop there. This is the first stop, our our craziness, uh, our crazy spending uh, bus tour. How the fuck are you spending 5k in Prime Arnie? Are you kidding me? Alright? I just wonder what... I just want I just want to know. I just want to know what you copped. And... Excuse me. How much you copped... Uh, uh, how much of uh, something you copped a Prime Arnie? Because I feel like there was like... You need to cop like 200 or something. Just to, just to make a dent in that 5k. So I, I just have more questions than answers on that one. 15th of June, £849.50 at Sports Direct. At Sports Direct. 2nd of April, £864. Hair there and everywhere. This appears to be a hairdressing salon. What a great name. Cute name, right? 864 quid. Hair there and everywhere. 6th of April, £30,000. Global Beauty Products Limited. 
This firm runs a store, beautiful brows and lashes, but also appears to sell PPE. <laughs> so this is the one that came across Twitter. Um, you know, people were just like uh, having uh, shots of her. Pretty Patel on her eyebrows is like, how can you spend 30k on eyebrows? And you know, it's obviously a joke, but seriously, 30k, 30k, 30k. Right, cool. 6th of March, 2022 pounds, 64 pence at Neptune QTU, Kutu, I don't know how to say it, Kutu, Terrain. This appears to be an electronic store in Albania. What the fuck is Albania known for sound technology? What the hell? No, no way. 9th of March, £1,040.69 at Folkestone Garden Centre. 12th of March, £3,774.29 at Pollyanna Restaurant. 13th of March, £919.81 at Entertainment EB. Ah, here we go again. March SP Beautiful Brows seven seventy seven thousand two hundred sixty nine pounds and forty pence. This company appears to be run by Global Beauty Products. Twenty sixth of February three thousand nine hundred fifty two pounds at seventy six pence again at Pollyanna Restaurant. So uh, Pollyanna Restaurant has received uh, over six k uh, overall um, in this span. Uh, 27th of February, £900 at the Magdalen Arms. This appears to be a pub in Oxford. A <laughs> uh, pub in Oxford, okay. Uh, and lastly, 24th of January, £2,000 uh, for Claudia Lamb Independent. It seems as though Claudia Lamb is a diet consultant. A diet consultant, okay. Uh, going through the, uh, uh, continue with the article itself. However, when Byline Times asked the Home Office to explain these expenses and whether they had been submitted in accordance with the department's policies, the response was unconvincing. Quote, departmental spending must be conducted in accordance with agreed policies, justified and properly scrutinised, a Home Office spokesperson said. What the fuck does that, ev- what, what kind of word salad is that? Departmental spending must be conducted in accordance with agreed policies, justified and properly scrutinised. Okay, and? What does that have to do with the price of milk? Alright, continuing on. Now, this appears to suggest that, in the cases noted above, the department does not know whether the spending met its criteria. If it had been satisfied, it would, uh, it would surely have said so. Uh, in total, these peculiar claims amount to one thousand uh, no one hundred twenty-four thousand two hundred sixty-two pounds, not a trivial amount of taxpayer cash. No shit. Uh, this outlay also also uh, chimes with the government's approach to spending during the coronavirus pandemic as a whole, and the general lack of accountability for its financial decisions. The UK's budget for PPE and its test and trace operation, for example, is a staggering £52 billion. And while the government allocated its allocated £15 billion to spend on gloves, masks and sanitizer, the National Audit Office uh, says that if it had stockpiled adequately prior to the pandemic, the country would have only paid £2.5 billion. So £15 billion as opposed to £2.5. That's great. That's a nice little rise right there. Nice little uptick in the pocket change. Uh, rising demand in the initial months of the COVID-19 crisis, the watchdog said, rapidly increased the price of products. No shit. Uh, however, 
There have been a few repercussions for the government, with no suggestion that nurses are having their wages limited, precisely because ministers overspent during the pandemic, whereas Conservatives claim that Labour maxed out the credit card after the 2008 global financial crash. Yes, that's because this is this is what I find funny about politics always, right? And especially in this day and age, right? The Conservatives have been in party, uh, have been in power for over a decade, and they still harp on shit from 2008. Like, are you serious? How, how long do you have to be in power to not bitch and moan about the the, the last Labour administration, which is 2008? Like, seriously. Get over yourself. Um, uh, little has been made politically of the government's haphazard excessive spending during, uh, during the pandemic. Because, of course, why, why would you? Why would you harp on um, the haphazard spending of government? Why would you? Uh, while there is a r- very real difference between spending £15 billion pounds of PPE and spending 900 a posh pub in Oxford, brackets that I'm sure is very nice, uh, there does seem to be a general antipathy in government towards journalists and activists who scrutinise these investments and an air of impunity around the decision that it takes. And, and you know, in the sake of being fair, I'm going to put this update uh, that they've put here at 7.12pm uh, on 26th of March. The Home Office released a statement on Twitter which read, quote... It is wrong to claim the Home Office expenses that have been circulated today are the Home Secretary's. They are the, the, the department-wide and for vital equipment, of P, uh, vital equipment like PPE. It is completely false to say Home Office has spent money on PPE products. It was PPE. We make no apology for buying PPE to keep our staff safe during the pandemic. The spending in Primark was for asylum seekers who would have, who would not have had, who, who have not had appropriate clothing when arriving in the UK. We are committed to delivering the best value for money for the British taxpayer, making sure every pound is spent in the most effective way. Unquote. Right, okay. Well, while I can kind of believe the Prime Arnie uh, spend, uh, expenditure um, from Primark and I guess Sports Direct as well, and from the PPE, uh, I, I just find it weird that you're getting PPE from Global Beauty products. Is that, I just find that a bit odd. Doesn't anyone find that a bit odd? Like, I don't know. I feel like there should be there should be some more official um, names there just for that front. Um, but you know, well, let's just say we cut off the Prime Arnie, cut off the Sports Direct, um, and, and I guess cut off the uh, beautiful brows as well, right? We still have Diet Consultant. We still have uh, Magdalene Arms. We still have Entertainment EB. We have this electronic store in Albania for two grand. Like, what about those? Like, this is this is this is again the problem with the government, right? This is the problem with politics in general. This is exactly what I said last week when it came to the uh, police, uh, uh, the police long ass sent uh, long ass name for a policing bill, right? Some of it. Some of it can be harped on by a Labour. Some of it can be harped on by Conservatives. But there's a lot of in the middle stuff that's just not going to be harped on because it's either... um, uh, uh, Well, some parties are not going to harp on some things because, uh, you know, it's beneficial to them. And the Conservatives are going to harp on the good stuff. uh, Well, the seemingly good stuff, you know, like uh, having plain clothes uh, feds at um, nightclubs. Um, you know, uh, they're going to harp on that kind of stuff because obviously it's well positive, but they're not going to talk about, uh, you know, having, giving 10 years to people who try to remove statues. I like, hello, hello, right. Giving police 
way more power than they really should have. Basically making protests illegal in some way, in some fashion, right? Don't want to harp about that. But obviously Labour are going to harp on that because they're the opposition, right? But this is the exact same bullshit that comes about. So they have this update and they had the chance to, you know, say the reasons for all of it. But no, they just say the ones that they can... Uh, the, the, say the ones that people are harping on because everyone was harping on the beautiful brows one but um, and obviously the Home Secretary Pri Patel is not spending 70k on eyebrows of course not duh right um, I, I asked some female friends how much do you spend on average for eyebrows right and clearly it's not going to mount up to 70, uh, uh, 70k right logic duh right but I, y- you have to question all of this in some way, right? Uh, I I just find it weird that you get PP from a beauty products uh, uh, limited. Uh, I, I maybe maybe it's just a warehouse, right? Maybe it's just a warehouse with a with a name that just doesn't sound right. But hey, whatever, right? Uh, but <laughs> and it's funny they they clove uh, they clove uh, uh, you know uh, uh, asylum seekers, but then you know they were thinking of kicking them to the fuck to a fucking volcanic island in the middle of fucking nowhere. But you know. Hey, 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 hey. At least they're fully clothed, right? At least they're fully clothed, guys. Like, come on, guys. At least they they got the they got the they got the Primani on. They got the they got the Sadidas tracksuit from Sports Direct. Got the Slazenger on, alright? They're kitted out, they're kitted, bruv. Got all the tracksuits. They're cool. As the Home Secretary was literally mulling over the over um, shipping them to the middle of the fucking nowhere. So yeah. Anyway, all that moaning aside, um, I just find this absolutely outstanding, um, and it just adds to the cronyism stuff that we were talking about previously. This isn't cronyism, so to speak, or so we know right now. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, maybe someone that has a direct link to Claudia Lamb, independent, uh, the Miss Dyer consultant. Don't know who the fuck's that for, um, but it's just another case in uh, people spending. Uh, well, government people uh, spending uh, a, a stupid amount. Um, that two k, that two k. I hope that I hope that went to. I hope that hi-fi system fucking bangs. All right. I hope that hi-fi system you copped. Whoever copped it, I hope it fucking bangs, bro. I really do. I hope it knocks your block off. Um, uh, you know, figuratively. But pff, I don't know, man. Seventy. Jesus Christ, these numbers are eye-wateringly bad. Wow, wow, wow. Let's hop on to our second music segment, and this is uh, about uh, the lack of female representation in uh, uh, UK concerts. Any uh, you say UK music festivals? Sorry, um, that have been announced recently. Um, this is by Laura Snapes of the Guardian, and it's called uh, "It's a Statement of Exclusion." Music festivals return to the UK, but lineups still lack women. And uh, some fascinating statistics uh, throughout all this. And you know my, your boy loves st- some statistics. Um, so let's just jump right in because you can't bullshit statistics. Numbers never lie. Let's jump right in. Uh, as the UK festival industry gets back on its feet after a fellow fun-free year, 
uh, fun free yeah uh, the issue of gender equality on lineups has fallen by the wayside guardian guardian analysis of 31 events have shown friday marked a mini boom for festival bill announcements all heavily weighted towards male performers headlined by liam gallagher snow patrol dave getter and duran duran i love white ho- uh, offered a 73 percent male lineup uh gallagher also headlines scotland's T-R-N-S-M-T, Transmit, Transmit, ha, <laughs> oh, that's, that's cool, I love that, that's a fun name, uh, I've never heard of the name, Tra- Transmit, Transmit, like I got that right quickly, anyway, uh, festival alongside the Chemical Brothers and the Courtineers, uh, topping a bill where all male acts make up 61% of performers, at Kendall Calling, headlined by Stereophonics, Supergrass, The Streets and Dizzy Rascal, a partial lineup announcement featured 79% men. Quote, it's totally unacceptable that uh, after a year of turmoil, women and minorities are being excluded uh, from this return to live, uh, said Maxi Gedge, Gedge or Jedge, Gedge is probably Gedge, uh, UK project manager of Key Change, the PRS Foundation's initiative encouraging music festivals to pledge to commit to lineups featuring 50% women and gender minorities by 2022. Uh, another quote, we usually stay on the positive side uh, instead of calling people out, but we're getting tired, said Gedge. Uh, it's not an accident anymore, it's a statement of exclusion. The fact that this keeps happening shows that there are certain festivals that just aren't taking responsibility, or they're not viewing it as their responsibility when, in actuality, it's everyone's, unquote. Kendall Calling uh, signed up to Key Change in 2018 and has improved its gender representation year on year, said Program Director Emma Zillman, uh, growing from 14% acts featuring women in 2016 to what would have been uh, 32% in 2020. Had the festival had not been cancelled, uh, she hoped that this year's final lineup would include about 40% female performers. It wasn't uh, lack of tr- it wasn't for lack of trying, said Zillman. Quote. It's not like it's something uh, I took my eye off because of the pandemic. Festival was founded in 06. Uh, so the amount of relevant, affordable, available artists that we haven't had before is so small, she said. Unquote. Uh, booking emerging acts uh, featuring women and non-binary performers, uh, performers was easier, she said. Quote, Once you get to the level of an artist that sells more than 400, 500 tickets regionally, it becomes a lot harder. Is it the music industry uh, being geared towards male acts, a lack of role models, sexual harassment, a lack of childcare, or not having somewhere to change? Unquote. Uh, Becky Ayres, managing director of Liverpool Sound City, the, uh, the lead UK festival in the Key Change Initiative, uh, said it was widely rumoured that agents were raising the prices of, uh, for female artists quote, because they know there is more of a drive to have a gender equal lineup. Unquote. Zillman said she has not encountered this. That's a fascinating um, opinion to throw out there, actually. Because, you know, if, you, if you're about that money and people, you know, are trying to get females on and, you know, apparently there ain't many, might maybe do that. But then again, if you know there are a lot of female artists that ain't getting, uh, ain't getting scratched right now, and by scratch I mean just being put on the bill, um maybe maybe that's hampering the whole cause a bit maybe i'm not sure who knows uh that's theoretical at that point um uh while the issue of gender parity at festivals is an annual flashpoint uh quote kendall call yeah kendall calling's audience are not really clamoring to see those artists which makes things a little bit uh, difficult for me said zillman i don't dispute that everyone should be trying harder it's not just festivals uh we're just the end point 
We're an easy target because we have a poster that clearly shows the hierarchy of the music industry. That's a great point. That is a good point. Um, it makes it, it kind of um, it adds to the uh, way I talk about uh, uh, what's it, uh, what am I talking about? Uh, award awards award shows. Blank. Then, um, you know, I I I see some award shows, right? Um, and uh, funny enough, the Brit Awards actually just dropped uh, as I record today. Um, uh, and yeah, that's 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 very women heavy. Um, I think the master the album of the year only has Jay Huss, and the rest is uh, females. So you know, they they clearly they clearly uh, had a they clearly saw the arguments from last year and years before, um, which were very male heavy. And you know, they maybe they made a stand to put more females in the uh, in in the uh, non gendered categories. I think that's the way I'm saying it. Um, so, you know, award shows are the be all and end all. I don't think festivals are the be all and end all. I kind of agree with Zilman on that front. Um, it's the same way I talk about uh, award shows and like film for whatever. It's not about the, f- it's, it shouldn't be, I mean, you know, this should be talked about. I'm not, let's not get it twisted. That's not what I'm saying here. Um, festivals should have 50% women. I feel like that should be the way to go, right? Because it's just logic, right? It should be just the way things are. Um, <clears throat> but for those and for award shows, whether it be for musical, film, or TV, whatever, um, it kind of starts with the studios. It starts with the studios. It starts with the TV stations as well, and they should be scrutinised as uh, as much, if not more, than the uh, than the results of those things being made, uh, whether it's uh, festivals or award shows but anyway that's that's my two cents on that on that particular quote so let's continue on uh the male skewing trends chimed with earlier festival annou- announcements some of them still partial dance festival cream fields uh features a 91 percent male lineup see some for something like that that makes complete sense to me and i can see why and when i say complete sense i don't mean it in a positive way um because cream fields is obviously like a dance festival from to my knowledge it's you know dance edm stuff like that and I did name five, name five dance, uh, female dance artists right now. Like it's really hard to do it. Um, and that's just how I, I I think that's how the dance music industry is. Um, the same with DJs. There are, there are, there are plenty of female DJs about, um, but none of them get the same billing as, uh, um, as the, as the male ones. Um, and that's just the bullshit right there, um, and it's the same, and it's especially evident when it's for something like Creamfields, um, that that ninety one percent does not surprise me at all. Uh, indie rock festival victorious and metal events slam dunk and Bloodstock offered in excess of eighty percent male performers. A strawberries and cream, uh, the big festival latitude park life park life and Bigfoot. Uh, it was more than seventy percent. Naked City, BSC Hyde Park, which uh, which has recently been uh, uh, postponed. Uh, we out here made a voyage. Oot oot. Um, field day, neighborhood, and Leo Palooza over sixty percent. Only Love Supreme and Deer Shed festivals featured more acts featuring women than men on their lineups. Reading and Lees, Standham Calling, Black Deer, Kaleidoscope, Camp Festival, uh, Gala, London Sound, uh, Liverpool Sound City. Sorry, uh, Wide Awake, Cross the Tracks, and End of the Road featured fi- between fifty and sixty percent male performers. Strandham Calling founder Alex Trenchard. Uh, signed up to the key change of 2018 after the festival's family-heavy di- demographic said it wanted to see more women on the bill. Uh, this year, this year's events features uh, 53% male performers, but 100% male headliners. Tre- uh, Trenchard route. 
Um, partially that came down to an inability to book international artists owing the to the ongoing coronavirus restrictions on travel, he said. Uh, quotes, uh, we've tried to make up for that fur- further down uh, the bill. This year, our second stage is 65% female, uh, unquote. Uh, since the government revealed its roadmap out of uh, lockdown in February, uh, UK have experienced record ticket sales. Some uh, festival organisers may question why they would mess with a winning formula. But key changes, Gedge said there was only a, quote, only a positive economic case for diversity and gender diversity. Big facts. Uh, refreshing the talent pipeline prevented events from becoming stale and enhanced sustainability of annual events, she said. In contrast, uh, exclusionary pro- programming sent a negative meshi- message to attenders uh, as well as performers and festival workers. Quote, if women and gender minorities aren't being considered, what does that say about safety, said Gedge. Uh, decision-making processes are not considering experiences of half the population, and it should be challenged, unquote. In September, the Musicians' Union uh, reported uh, that one-third of uh, professional British musicians uh, were considering giving up their careers due to a lack of work and financial support during the pandemic, with women, uh, gender minorities, and women of colour disproportionately uh, affected by the pandemic, said Gedge. Excuse me. Uh, Better representation was crucial. Uh, Quote, uh, it's really important that we take that very seriously and think about what we want the future of music to look like and not what it did look like, unquote. Oliver Jones, director of Yorkshire's uh, Deer Shed, which has one female-fronted headliner of free overall and 49% all-male acts on its bill, uh, said festival organisers should be, quote, actively seeking out female bands and, quote, uh, supporting the underdog, unquote. This year, London Punk Festival, uh, London Punk Trio, Dream Wife, caught ahead of myself there, uh, are headlining the festival's second stage after appearing in an earlier slot a few years ago. While Stand and Calling had struggled to book a female headline this year, said Trenchard, uh, the strength of female performers in the middle of the event's bill, among them Porridge Radio, Billy No Mates, and Green Tea Peng, uh, boded well for the future. Quote, it's a positive sign, even if things don't look positive for now, unquote. <laughs> Uh, and there's a little amended amendation amendation is that word? Uh, the article was amended uh, 26th of March uh, 2021 to correct the date of key change pledge for gender parity on festivals is 2022 not 2020 SPC date right um, yeah so that's kind of that's that's all fascinating to me um, I don't really have much to say apart from what I've already said so far um, I just feel like uh, you know when it, when there's more gender parity and when there's parity in a lot of things i feel like it's just it just benefits everybody else um there are plenty the the reason why i enjoy going to shows and festivals in general um shows more than festivals for me i'm more of a concert shows person than festivals uh uh, for for, uh regular for for reasons um that i can't be asked to say but um i feel like festivals uh all of it right is in some ways for you know you go there for specific people right you know the one i'm going to maiden voyage um you know i'm going there for like uh, moses boyd i'm going there to see roy ayers i'm going there to see children of zeus um ashley henry right Uh, and but there's plenty of other others there on the bill that i've never heard of um but once i get there um and you know maybe before i go there anyway i might you know give a little spin a few uh, uh, spin a few others see what they're about and uh, that's kind of why the festival's so festivals are so great um because 
<clears throat> you may go there for certain people, but you're also going to be there um, hearing different sounds and be like, hmm, that sounds interesting. Let me go see what's, what's, what, what's, saying, what's it saying over there. <clears throat> and when it comes to shows in general, um, you know, the best example I give always when it comes to, you know, discovering a couple I'll give here. Um, you know, when I went to see Nao for the first time in 2017, 2018, somewhere around that time, um, I saw Georgia Smith. And this was Georgia Smith before she popped. Um, not to flex, but, you know, it is what it is. Like, she only had, like, three songs at that point. Um, and, you know, she did great. And uh, a, year, a year after, she was popping, right? Uh, when I went to see uh, Master Ace at Jazz Cafe a couple years ago, I was put on to Jungle Brown after that. And, you know, I went to interview Rick Flo after that last year. And, uh, you know, he's a severely cool guy. And, uh, you know, I love his work. I love Jungle Brown's work. And that's partly why. When I went to see Kano uh, in 2016, I think, uh, for his Made the Manor tour. Uh, who Who's supporting him? Little Sims. And Little Sims is one of my favourite artists right now and probably forever, right? So, <laughs> that's, <clears throat> that's why... That's why I feel like gender parity is great because you're not just getting you obviously go in there for the you know the Liam Gallagher's and the Dizzy Rascals and stuff like that right and the David Getters right everyone's going for there for them right but there's the rest there's you know several days and uh, apart from if if it's a one day festival whatever um, you know there's several hours and several days right and you go there to experience other things if you go there with them in the mindset of like I want to experience something different and I want to peep some get some new artists in my in my uh, in my diet then I feel like gender parity should be you know is it, the lack of gender parity is doing a disservice to uh, to you, the festival goer. To you, the sh- uh, to the concert goer. I really do think that. Um, you know, when I I've spent I've spent the past month on digging digits, like bigging up female artists, um, and listening to their discography, and they do such amazing work, and they should be bigged up more. Um, in my in my view, so um, you know, this is all um, very. Uh, achievable i feel um but again i will say i feel like uh this is not just on festivals it is on festivals um for their own particulars you know they're the people curating the bloody things right nobody's nobody's forcing you right um to to put on uh all male but you just choose to do it um so it's not just them but it's also on like you know uh, labels it's on uh, it's, it's on awards as well um, and uh, and I hate to say this but also you know content creators and uh, uh, you know people of note in terms of just like uh, personalities on radio uh, or on podcasts even or on uh, uh, YouTube whatever you know what I mean so it's, it's on them as well in some ways we all have a part to play in this fashion we need to big up certain uh, artists so we can get these people on the stages that I feel, and maybe you feel as well, deserve to be. Maybe not headlining. That's well, that's a, that's another argument for another day. But just fifty percent overall in the bill, I just feel like that should be a necessity, and I feel like that should be just a widespread um, agree agreeable notion to have amongst music goers.
So we finish up on our second uh, life topic, life segment, and uh, yeah, so literally as I record, uh, today dropped uh, the, uh, what's it called, the Commission on Race and Ethnic Disparities uh, report, um, backed by the government, uh, 258 pages, uh, it's a report on inequality in Britain, and um, I have a lot to say about this, and uh, I'm going to try and keep it short, but uh, forgive me if it is uh, mad long and if I just stunlock you, because <laughs> um, uh, there's so, so much so much shit to wade through on this. Um, so uh, I'm going to read, um, I'm going to read just like a basics of it uh, via Alan McGuinness on Sky News because um, it was just the first thing I saw and uh, it just gives a good uh, round out of what it is and what it's about uh, but I've got other th- I've got other sources I want to shout out in terms of uh, just uh, certain opinions and whatever um, so let's just jump right in right quick and uh, get a, get some sort of uh, something <laughs> just, just get some sort of foundation because it's so hard this is so uh, widespread and convoluted, it's just impo- nearly impossible, but I'm going to give it a go. Alright, so uh, uh, explored uh, race and eth- ra- ethnic and race disparities within education, employment, uh, uh, the criminal justice system and health. So those are the four things. Education, employment, criminal justice system and health. Those are the four things that um, this report covers, okay? Just uh, just so you know that. That's the foundation. Um, they don't talk about anything else um, outside of society or whatever, right? Um, uh, Boris Johnson uh, described the report as an important piece of work. Yada yada yada. Who cares about that? Let's just get into the nitty gritty. Let's uh, let's do that right quick because because uh, we can we, you guys can look up the opinions of everybody else. You can look up the opinions on David Lammy and all that kind of stuff. But um, let's just get into some some of the report. Um, so the report makes a total of twenty four recommendations to the government in order to uh, give a quote unquote further burst of momentum. Um, in the UK's personal, uh, UK's progress towards becoming a quote-unquote successful multicultural community, um, these include a few here. Uh, these are five. Uh, the phrasing, the phasing, or in of extended school days, uh, starting with disadvantaged areas, as part of a quote-unquote bold intervention uh, into education following the impact of the COVID pandemic on pupils. Access to better quality career advice uh, in schools for children. Uh, from disadvantaged backgrounds funded by university outreach programs, uh, the commissioning of further research into uh, the drivers in uh, high-performing pupils' communities uh, to see what can be replicated to support all children to succeed. Excuse me. Uh, for re- organisations, quote, to move away from funding un- uh, uh, funding unconscious unconscious bias training. Okay, uh, and the government quote. Quote, to work with a panel of academics and practitioners to develop resources and evidence-based approaches of what does on what does work to advance fairness in the workplace. And lastly, and I don't get why people have been harping on this particular one so so much. Like it, it's so, in in my opinion, it's really inconsequential. Um, ditching uh, the BAME acronym, Black Asian Minority Ethnic. Like, who gives a fuck? I, I mean, seriously, who gives a fuck? about that like, I, I really couldn't care less I really could not care less I'm fine with it right I'm not disagreeing that it should that it should be uh, uh that should be uh, ditched but who gives a fuck that's not a major that's not a major finding um uh, one of its uh, major conclusions is, is is that issues around racism race and racism are becoming less important 
and in some cases are not a significant factor in explaining disparities. It found that children from many ethnic communities do at least well or <laughs> substantially better than white pupils in education. Uh, this high achievement for children from certain ethnic communities is creating fairer <clears throat> and uh, more diverse uh, workplaces, the commission added. Its report, uh, its report said some communities continue to be haunted by historic cases of racism, creating deep mistrust in the system, which could prove a barrier to success. Okay, let me talk about that bit right for a second, because um, a, fr- a friend, a friend told me, um, a friend gave me some words from a friend of hers, and uh, they they basically said the exact same thing on that front. You know the um. Uh, the you know black communities and Asian communities right they they get they get into they get too bogged down in in this kind of, in this stuff right it, it's a barrier right we need to we need to get past all this stuff right and my answer to that is very very simple right we would love to <laughs> I would love to ladies and gentlemen I would love to take ra- take racism. And kick it to the fucking curb. I would love to do that. But unfortunately I can't. Because on a weekly basis. There is some bullshit going around. Towards. uh, Not even just like. uh, Institutional racism. Which uh, I think this report claims there isn't. If I'm, if I'm, uh, don't, don't, don't quote me on that quite yet, because um, I, I, I did see something of that fashion, um, but uh, I, I, I just need to, I want to see that, I want to see the, the term, the specific quote again, just to be sure. But um, yeah, just, I'm not even talking about that, but just like you know, all the, all the, all the micro shit that you, you can't put in this report. It's impossible to put stuff like microaggressions. Um, and all that stuff in that report, right? We just had this conversation about uh, women, okay? We just had this conversation about women uh, and what they have to do in order to get the fuck home safely on a daily basis, right? The, 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 the taking out of their keys, even though they're two blocks away, just to, you know, put in, put in that person who maybe may or may not be following them, right? Uh, the, the, my house is closed, so back the fuck up. Don't even try it, right? All that stuff, the bright clothing, you've all, you've all seen it, right? We, we just talked about that two, three weeks ago. And I think I asked this on, I think I asked this on this podcast, right? And, uh, you know, I'm, just, I'm saying, I'm going to say this glibly. I'm going to say this very, mar- I'm just going to say this very, uh, uh, very uh, unceremoniously. <clears throat> Sarah Everard was white, okay? I could only imagine how, what it's like for black women, okay? I can only imagine. But the problem with this report, chiefly, is that it doesn't cover things like this. It's a government report. It's a government-backed report for education, health, uh, criminal justice, and what was the last one? Uh, 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 employment, right? Yeah. It covers stuff that the government can uh, control. Okay, and for and as a and as a report that does that even does that horribly because it basically cops out the government for pretty much everything. Oh, oh guys, 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 guys! Systemic racism doesn't exist, or, or systemic racism um, has has been long gone. We've we've moved that. And my question to all of that, all that stuff, right? That people um, like um, 
what's boss man's name? Uh, Sewell, uh, uh, Summit Sewell. Uh, uh, yeah, homie that's been on like ra- uh, Radio 4 all day and uh, just chatting absolute garbage, uh, bigging up this fucking report. Uh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get his name right. Uh, let me, let me get his name right. Uh, I mean, it's called the Sewell Report. Um, I guess he was the lead on it. Uh, but uh, the Tony Sewell, right? Tony Sewell, right? So this dude, Doctor Tony Sewell, coming out, you know, and talking about how great this report is, right? And uh, all that garbage, right? And just to say, Tony Sewell was a person that 15 years ago, apparently, uh, said he doesn't believe in his true racism. So take that. <laughs> Take that information, however you will. Kind of like you know, uh, uh, g- giving uh, uh, I don't know, uh, Gary Lineker uh, money to talk about you know how good crisps are. You know, what I mean, that Do- doesn't work. Doesn't doesn't work like that. Shouldn't really work like that. But here we are. I just find it super jarring that this report is a government-backed report. And the whole crux of it is basically copping out the government and wiping their hands of all of it. All of it. 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 it, it none, of, none of this exists. Like, none, none of this exists. I know that's what they're saying. I'm being exaggerative on that front. But just saying that there's. Well, here we go. No evidence of institutional racism. Are you fucking crazy? Are you tapped? <laughs> no. None at all. No evidence, right? Okay. No evidence. Okay. I want to give you one example, ladies and gentlemen, on that front, right? This is about the government, but you can't you can't say this is the same, right, when it comes to industries, right? I've talked about the film industry and TV industry and, you know, other places in media several times, right, and how, like, obviously, like, uh, rigged those systems are, right? So you're telling me that it doesn't happen in those cases? So what what's what's going on there? Right? But here we go, here we are again. They wash their hands of it, right? It's not the government like it's we're talking about the government here. Like not gonna say anything about the industries that people are trying to get jobs in, etc. etc., trying to get careers in. Like they can't they can't make this report about Rupert Murdoch, right? They can't do that. Right, so again, that's another omission that they have left without this through this whole conversation, and just makes this whole thing incomplete. Uh, See, this is this is one of those, and I'm 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 a bit annoyed at myself going through this because I'm going all over the place and I'm not very focused on this, but there's so much garbage here. That is so hard to encapsulate this in 15 minutes. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. And another thing about this, and uh, this is an, this is another point that I don't think has been actually um, uh, talked about many uh, much, right? Is the fact that selected journalists were actually left out of the rate of the briefing, um, including the UK's one and only <laughs> race correspondent, uh, Miss Nadine White, uh, Miss Nadine White of the Independent, uh, completely shy out. Completely shut out of it, right? So this is this is a little article here that I found by Rachel uh, Weirmouth, uh, Weirmouth, Weirmouth. Yeah, I was saying Weirmouth. Um, so you know the the, the reporter that claims uh, institutional racism does not exist in Britain, which just we don't have time for that. Um, uh, uh, were handed only a select few journalists before its release, right? So 
the Commission on Race and Ethnic Disparities insisted the first snippets of its landmark investigation into racial disparities be sent to a tight, quote-unquote, tight list of journos only. An email from the GEO, uh, the Government Equalities Office, reveals. The note sent to Independence Race correspondent Nadine White after she and other reporters, including anyone at HuffPost UK, had failed to receive it, said the Commission had uh, specified a, a, only a select few. The report was commissioned by Johnson, obviously, in the Working Black, Black Lives Matter protest. And this is another thing. And I do I want to leave on this? I, I don't know if I want to leave on this. I'm, I may or may not leave on this, uh, depending on how satisfied I am with saying this. Guys, this was all done in response to the Black Lives Matter protest. Right? To tell me and to tell everyone else and to give the government the, 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 the get out of jail free card that institutional racism does not exist. After everything that went on last year, you have the ghoul, you have the the chest, you have the rib cage, the lungs to breathe in air and tell me that institutional racism does not exist. And let's just say, right, institutional racism does doesn't exist, right? Let's just say that. Tell me the exact moment when it got eradicated. Because to, the, the, the term institutional racism is a very great term for this. It's a very big term for this kind of conversation. Okay? It's not just, it's not just racism in society. We, 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 we haven't even touched upon that. And this report doesn't touch on that. Actually, it does touch on that. It does say in uh, online circles, racism does exist, right? They, they and they and they say uh, uh, racism uh, isn't completely eradicated in the UK. It does exist in online circles, right? Etc. 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 Right? Um, but it doesn't. That's not the. That's not the main crux of this report, right? That's not what they're focusing on. And I'm. I'm not. And I don't want to focus on that. They're not even. Fo- we, we. We're not even focusing on the societal aspects of it. The day to day, the microaggressions, all that stuff, right? That is all, in my mind, shouldn't be disputed, okay? But institutional racism, okay? Racism in an institution, that means governmental, that means uh, national, and how uh, local governments and all that stuff, and how the powers that be in general, the institution of the United Kingdom, responds to racism, okay? You tell me, give me a year, just a year, or even a fucking decade, give me a decade, right, when institutional racism went down the toilet, and we've suddenly gone on this path of racial, of a racial utopia, and a quote-unquote post-racial society, please give me that information, ladies and gentlemen, I really desperately want to know, because I did not get the, the memo, I did not get the memo, okay, this institution, right, has been through has has been through all the things that you can mention in the past 400 years <clears throat> you know what i'm talking about right all that kind of, all that stuff right all that stuff the institution has changed only has not okay let's say this and i'll say this as a, as a big ass quote right tombstone this right institutional racism has only modernized it's modernized, okay? We're not doing the back of the bus stuff anymore. We're not, right? We may not be doing the stuff that, that was going on in the small axe films. Mangrove. 
red, white, and blue, etc., etc. Right? Education, Alex Wheatle, right? Maybe, and that was, and that was to do like with stuff in the seventies and eighties, right? That was that's that's forty years ago, okay? Forty, right? You're telling me in the space of forty years, institutional racism has suddenly been it doesn't exist. That's what you're telling me in this report. And ladies and gentlemen, that is only one significant part that jars me about this report. There are plenty of other pieces of garbage that that is sprinkled around this report. And I urge you to do just some, just some reading, whatever, about this. You don't have to read the whole report. I'm not telling you to do that, obviously. But just peep some several articles on it don't peep just one because i feel like this uh, a, a a report like this you need to read it from several angles i feel like you need to read it from several angles let me just give you one quote here this is from the report quote we want to see how britishness influenced the commonwealth and local communities and how the commonwealth and local communities influence what we now know as modern britain One great example would be a dictionary or lexicon of well-known British words which are Indian in origin. (laughs) There is a news story about the Caribbean experience which speaks to the slave period not only being about profit and suffering. Here we go, here we go, ready, ready, we're we're going up the, going up roller coaster, you ready to go down? Ready, ready, ready. Not only being about profit and suffering. But how culturally African people transform themselves into a remodeled African slash Britain. Clap the fuck up. Clap this report the fuck up. It's just. It is just absolutely outstanding. This report. This this whole thing. This whole thing. In the space of a day. And honestly guys. I might go back to this. I might come back to this next week. I might come back to this next week. Because if journalists, including the likes of Nadine White, right, were had to had to go peep the uh, report themselves and were not briefed on anything, they just had to go uh, into the report by themselves, right? And I'm guaranteeing you there's going to be plenty of opinion pieces coming out. I mean, just now I just saw one uh, right now by... Um, uh, by a Miss Cowant uh, uh, Bhopal, who's the director of the Centre for Research and Race and Education at the University of Birmingham. Right, she's posted something on the Guardian. Um, I might give that a read next week, guys. This is horrible. This is absolute trash. And I'm sorry this has been so uh, herky jerky. I'm sorry this has been, you know, really uh, just jumping from one thing to another. It's been very erratic. Um, but just. Just leave. I'll leave you with this, and I'll leave. I'll just leave you with this, just little point here, right? The fact that they say institutional racism doesn't exist is the exact reason of why this institution, figuratively, needs to be burned down to the fucking ground. And ladies and gentlemen, from the Fifth End Podcast Network, this has been Moss Good. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. Intro music has been too much by vanilla. Thank you to Chill Off Records for the bit to use this track. You can also find Chill Off Records' uh, entire discography in the Bandcamp link in the full show notes. Thanks to Nappy Hire for the interlude music, Charismatic. You can also find his site uh, in the full show notes. 
Oh my gosh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna eat up next week. I might, I might, I might load up for next week. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep it 100. So don't be surprised if I come back to this next week because I've only had a few hours just to marinate on this. I need more time. Uh, but until then, hope you all have a good week. I should always try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen.